0: This is exactly right. <laughs> are you leaving? Or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim, give us the time and date. Terminal and gate, we want to send you. It's all about it Uh, with Karen and
1: Chris, welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks,
0: and this is Karen Kilgariff. Hello,
1: Karen Kilgariff.
0: Oh, hello, Chris Fairbanks. What's oh. up? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: I uh almost got in a fight last night playing pool, and you'd, <laughs> you'd think uh that's like kind of a nerdy sport, like darts or something, it's just a pretty mild mannered but Quite often when I do well, and I was doing well last night, these guys were threatened by it. They started when it was down to the eight ball. They were yelling advice as to what I should do. The guys that were playing next, and they wanted to play their friend who I was beating. And they were screaming like they're at a dog fight. And I got upset, and then they wanted to fight me. And Mm -hmm. the security guard came to help me, and I'm like, no, I can handle this, but they were, uh, very you serious started
0: fighting the security guard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The, there was also, they, these guys were from El Salvador and they don't, I couldn't, uh, but one of them, I know he accidentally snorted meth one night and I was talking him through it. He was scared. And one of the guys is nice, but his friend visiting him. Oh boy. I think Chris,
0: it, where did this take place? Cause I, you're acting like it's the pool takes place in a library or something right, it is it's at, hall, at the university
1: right? center these guys were 15 <laughs> years no they're uh it's at little joy which has it has a history of having little joy this bar it's, uh, it's like an old it's a bar but it's yeah. nicer now and it's down the street from me and i've i have visions now of being good at pool i don't know why i'm so into these things but I've gotten better at it, and they'd almost got me killed. I'd, I ran home. I didn't even pay my tab. And yes, I wow. had some drinks, if that's what you were thinking.
0: I was sure. It wasn't, it wasn't even a question in my mind. That's usually part of it.
1: Well, not too much. I want to win at pool, you know.
0: Well, your excellence is getting you in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And I think you need to be careful. In this day and age, you need to be careful yeah. with stuff like that. You
1: know, I'm living, I'm just out in these streets, Karen.
0: No, I realize. I'm living, you're you're uh, soaking up. up. I like it. You're of the streets. Um, I'm
1: a man of the streets. I'm a man of the people. Vote for me for LA County mayor.
0: Pull shark, maybe.
1: Ooh, we're just a matter of moments before we find out if Karen Bass is our mayor. It's down to like hundreds of people between the two. I know. Isn't it? It's intense. It's very intense. I'm excited. I like her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know. I hope it works out.
1: Me too. Is there anything... Uh, I did another classic steamroll at the top. Is there anything you wanted to share with me?
0: <laughs> no, I loved that pool hall story. No. Yeah. I haven't been to the um, out to the anything really in a very long time. So I can live vicariously through you, yeah, you as you drink out there and fight and, in and play and live and soak up the life.
1: Yeah. As dangerous That's as nice. it might be. I got to go back run. tonight.
0: Then just run. Oh, yeah, I ran you should in run the there. I ran in the rain. <laughs> and if you're running in the rain, you do have to cry. You do, and then you have to slide onto your knees and scream (laughs) up at the sky.
1: Why? Pull, pull, zoom (laughs) out, pan, pan in while zooming out. It's beautiful Zoom out, pan in. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm very, uh, one of our most historic episodes in the car Uh, was with today's guest. I believe the, Mm -hmm. and we've talked about it a million times since, both the bike lock bicycle guy that tried to take your window off with his bike lock and the punch out at the bus stop happened.
0: Which I can still see in my mind's eye. I can watch it like a movie if I want to. Because it was so upsetting, jarring. And the way that guy got dropped was unnatural. I was like, he's dead. And like the movies, we
1: all want to be in them. And that's last night why I was trying to get knocked out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You know him from clubs and colleges across the country. Just all over the country. From podcasting, from TV, from movies now. Uh, everyone, put your ears together for Mr. Todd Glass. <laughs> Woo! Hi, hi. What what movies? Yeah, well, well, you, I was going to ask new, that. Uh, you have a new uh, part in a movie with uh, with with uh, some. Uh, you're you know the movie you're acting in. It's coming out. Tell us a little bit about
2: it. <laughs> oh man, I did all my own stunt. <laughs> no, there's no movie. There's no movie. I thought I can barely act. I. You can that. act like
0: you. That's true.
2: That's even hard, too. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Goodbye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's all we do. I like when I see Todd somewhere. Has he done this with you, Karen? Where he'll just say, okay. And immediately signs you a character in a role you're going to play. And then you have to act it out in this, in that moment. So he'll be like, okay, Chris, act like you're a guy that it's, you're confused by what I say. But you're pretending you're not confused, and you just—it's
2: right.
1: the, the every—it's so fun every time we've played that game.
2: I am bit ha- I'm a bit happy guy, yes. and um, when I found out I'm I'm a big Conan O'Brien fan, and when someone told me they go without even knowing I love like bit everyone loves bits, but I re- they go it's all fucking bits with Conan, even <laughs> if it's 5 a.m. at the airport. I'm like, oh, I love him even more now.
0: Yes, well, it's you know to me. And I was just thinking as you uh, logged on, because I haven't seen you, Todd, in real life in so long. I, mean, I know. Very, very long time. I miss you, and it's nice to see your face.
2: It's good to see your face, too.
0: But when we were babies, and like I had just moved to Los Angeles, there was a house we all used to hang out at that you lived in, but you weren't always there because you were on the road. You were a real comic, d- out doing weeks at a time. I was then... doing
2: colleges then, like like you? 60 colleges in like a year. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. A ridiculous. And to be honest, loving every minute of it. It's really? great money. It was, and I loved being, playing, I was in college. I was like 27 or six, and I got to be like I was 18. You know, <laughs> if you're the comic, you can do anything you want. They don't care where you go. Hey, it's the comic. Yes. That's right, everybody. I'm the comic.
0: <laughs> and wait, where were you? In the dorms? What, what <laughs> No, no, no. Mean? I mean,
2: like, when they're somewhere on campus after a show, they yeah. might want to take you out. So you get oh, to yeah. go to, you know, to, uh, you know, just have a little... College. I never went to college, but anyway. But go ahead. You were talking about that house I used to live
0: in. Well, just just, you have the fun energy that I, since I was like eight years old, that's all I've ever cared about. It's just fun. Who's going to have fun? Who wants to have fun in whatever way we play cards? We play a tag, we go do a thing, we stand around and make jokes, don't take anything seriously, but certainly not like talk about real things or ever be normal in any way. And that to have moved to LA and found that group of people where each person was more like that than the next. Yeah. And then there was Todd Glass, who was kind of the king of it, but you weren't always there. So you were kind of like a special guest star in my <laughs> mind because I didn't know you that well. And it would be like that downstairs roommate guy. And then when you'd be there, it's like, who is this guy? God, <laughs> You're that's so.
2: You know, you can <laughs> never, you can, I never get tired of hearing about something you had no perception of. Like I, this conversation might've never happened. All, I was always nervous I thought in my head around like people that were doing create, like I thought you were one of those people doing creative things that I wanted to do. And then standups in my memory were merging with this, like, and it was a good thing and you either made fun of it or you were a part of it. I helped. I thought it really helped me grow, but like there were all these different comedians there of all types. It was it was fucking crazy. Great parties. It was with cr- awesome people. Crazy.
0: Yes. A yeah. really good mix. And also kind of um, that really was it was the right at the beginning of alternative comedy, but most people had started as club comics. And so there was this kind of like kind of fake sharks versus jets, like what side are you on? <laughs> but the truth of it was when everyone got into the same bar and had a couple beers, everyone was on everybody's side and it was just who's funny. It was kind of, that was like the, really the bottom line. So then it was kind of figuring out of like, cause like you were being on the road. I was just like, I basically just started to middle when I left San Francisco. So it was just like, oh, that's being on the road is the real thing. And I'm not doing the real thing. He's the real, you know, it's that feeling all the time. Like, tell us where you just were.
2: (laughs) Oh God. That (laughs) was, yeah. That Those colleges were like, they did, they helped me get out of, like, you know, I wasn't great with money and I didn't expect them to come along. And I, I didn't take advantage of the opportunity to be able to, you know, and just and again, have, most people complain about them. But even back then, I would get to the whatever venue it was because it wasn't always in a proper, you, you know, the deal. It could yeah. be in a proper theater, yeah. whether it's two hundred five, or five but it could be in a, but I yeah. made it work. Yeah. I made it work. I like, bet you did. I, yeah. You have to get there three hours early because like if you wanted to tell them to turn the overhead lights off, you learn after a while. It's never a switch. It's like, oh, <laughs> our custodian has to be here. Yes. So, so I would start getting there early and turning some shows that I knew would have been a disaster into like really fucking cool shows. Yeah. Not and not all of them. Did you do those <laughs> NACA conferences
1: where and in, yes. it's insane that they I think about it now, it's ridiculous. I used to pay to be eligible to then right. to submit oh, a yeah. tape. I never was actually at these things, but I uh I was not popular in the college culture, I guess. But uh after you perform, you go on stage like an auction and the schools <laughs> will be like, Yeah, we'll take yeah. that one. Who's it's, gonna pick you? You know what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you you left out an element of it. And it's so funny because it doesn't seem as bad as it sounds. Like I also did have fun at that, but you, the one element for people listening that might not know, it's like, you know, colleges all go to these things and there's regional ones that you're there performing. There's one room that has stand-up. I'm not telling you guys, I'm just filling in the audience. And you could, there's bands there. There's all types of people that college students get to come. The, the better schools have bigger budgets, you yeah. know, and they try to group you together. So if three schools bring you in, the, the money can come substantially down. So the one other thing, Chris, was remember, then there were booths afterwards and you would go to your college booth and people would come over and you'd be like, hey, how you doing? It's like so, seems so horrible. It's, yeah. like, it's
0: like almost like the rever- reverse of being a door-to-door salesman where it's like <laughs> right. you're, you have to perform, you have to shake hands, you have to be nice to the student activities commissioner or whoever these people were. Right. You have to wear that yeah. sash. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I got in trouble and I, I'm not a troublemaker. I like to be like, So I'm not, I just think it's funny. One, I had no idea I uh, made an announcement that I would be performing at the place where everyone was eating lunch. Like on the PA, it just happened to be on. So I'm like, "Attention! Don't ever do that again." And the other thing, the other thing was like, my manager Wait, What happened? me.
0: Did you get in trouble?
2: Yeah, they said you can't do that. It's unaf- It's unadvan- It's an unfair advantage. Oh, my God. You know, oh. to, to, to touch base with people. You mean and to
1: be funny outside of the... To, yeah. To be
0: <laughs> to That's an unfair, that
1: was a funny bit. And in your, it's an unfair advantage to the other comics. They didn't think of the, <laughs> I'll be doing stand-up at lunch bit, so...
0: Yeah,
2: sorry. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And I just got nervous because <laughs> oh, I yeah. didn't want and to... The, and the other thing was, in hindsight, um, you know, I was in the closet then, so, I mean, I knew that, but I met these three girls... And we just got along, like we they were really cool. I got snowed into their city. we oh. hung out, and then they the hotel on campus uh didn't have any rooms like for an extra three nights, I got an extra night, so I stayed at their house, yeah, you know, and I got in so much trouble for that because <gasps> really? and then I really? sort of got it. yeah, I got it because you can't sleep with. You know, I know there was no ill intentions, but yeah. from their perspective, which, by the way, then I loved that. I was like, "Oh, good that that word. Hope the word gets out about
1: that."
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that
0: you start gossiping about yourself
2: yeah like i'm trying to spread it myself i go i guess you heard about me with the three girls yeah all you three know. at just once
1: a, oh i hate that a, it was all of them at once <laughs> so Ugh. exhausting Orgies. i'm not like an orgy guy it's usually two uh, two at a time yeah.
2: oh gosh
0: but the kids that pick you that was kind of the cool part because i of course hated. I did colleges. I really hated it because I was just kind of by myself. And I didn't have an hour, of course. I was just kind of faking it. So, And it was like all, that's when I found out I don't have an act actually because all my shit was very LA or like hipster references. And when mm-hmm. you're sitting there with a bunch of 18-year-olds who don't give a shit about you, it all <laughs> like it, it made, I was just like, oh, I'm an absolute fraud and like writing furiously in my hotel room beforehand or whatever. But the people that picked you when, like I found when I got to the school, they were so happy to see you yeah. and so nice. And so like, right. oh, my God, we think you're great. It's like, why? I have no material. This is going to go terribly. You know, it's like, oh, that kind uh, that's how it was for me. Yeah,
2: because they have their sense of humor. They don't you don't think I remember when I would see comedians in the alternative scene that were so fucking funny. I had to find out they're not going to work in Pittsburgh or, right. you know, not. I pick any city it could be. But um and then I learned I could see someone and love them and then go someone goes, Oh, you should use them. I go, they just don't work on the road for no yeah. You know, and they're so fucking funny. Some eventually obviously can obviously everybody can if they do it long enough, does both. But in the beginning we're talking about, obviously. Right. Um
0: Well, you it's the storytelling thing where like that's what al- alternative comedy had a lot of that kind of what did you do today shit, which people yeah. your average comedy club a patron in pittsburgh does not give a shit about what's in your book it's It's, just just a
2: a cultured appreciation for comedy and you know when the clubs curate it there are clubs around the world that curate this there's scenes in la i mean if you don't think you can curate a crowd go to one place and go why is everybody in this audience so smart and so listening and what what are they doing because it doesn't happen by accident you know And um, but I'm glad you mentioned the people that pick you up because I I charred they were so sweet and they pick you up and you know probably clean their car yeah. and, you know yeah and, <laughs> and um I would write notes for the longest time because I didn't want to forget one experience so I would write I had a book and it would say University of Iowa. Eat chicken wings with kids' parents
0: because
2: it, and because I, I remember that dance with students' mom or like hang out at a fire pit because when I look back at the college, I wanted it to mean something. Mm-hmm. And I kept that for like twenty years, and uh, then I just uh, tossed it in the trash. with shit, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. memories.
0: <laughs> Fuck these memories. <laughs> that's oh, actually God. that's super weird because I had a. You know, sometimes if you smell something and then it reminds you of something, there was this smell in my house this morning, and it's I don't cook, so I don't know where it came from. It was almost like a ghost scent, but I was opening for Janine Garofalo at some colleges back east, and we were somewhere, and I won't be able to remember where, probably upstate New York, and instead of be, staying in a hotel, we were just staying in this lady's house. And I it may have been a bed and breakfast, but there was no signage. I was like, this is weird, like... <laughs> It was super weird. But so we got in super late, you know, we just walked upstairs to our rooms, went to sleep, got up in the morning, and we had to take a flight at like, you know, six or something. So we got up at like four in the morning to get up and go, and she had made us breakfast And it was it when we came downstairs, it was snowing outside and it was this beautiful neighborhood where all the houses were clearly built in like 1920. And it was very East Coast, like there was little short fences between the yards, but you can see right into other people's yards. It was very different than California and I. It was very striking and beautiful. And then this lady had made this breakfast that smelled like everything she made it with was the best ingredient you could (laughs) find. So I came downstairs like, oh, and she was like, here you go. Just not what kind of eggs do you want or anything? Just you got a plate of breakfast and it was the most perfect meal I may have ever had in my life. And I can, I know the smell. So I was just sitting in this room today doing something and I got the smell oh, where it's wow. like, that's from the lady's house in fucking 1997 well, or whatever. There
1: toast with that breakfast? Because if you're smelling uh, toast, it means you could be having a stroke, right?
0: I'm, I I'm having, I'm having a, a stroke to celebrate John Fetterman's win in Pennsylvania. Uh, oh, is that true?
2: <laughs> That's is so that funny. That, uh,
0: no, it's not true. Did he? No, did he
1: win though?
0: <laughs> yes. Oh wow, that is great. Yes. Oh, he did. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. What did
2: you say that? What did you say that wasn't true? <laughs> the chose, <'Cause> how, <laughs> I I oh, the chose
0: part. I was having a stroke. No stroke. I'm not having a stroke.
2: Toast? Yeah, I was just laughing because you tell that beautiful story and Chris is like, oh, you're having a stroke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well,
0: you know, that's yeah. the uh, that's how we work. That's the dynamic on this podcast.
2: <laughs> I was at my brother's and um, I'm just, I'm only bringing, it doesn't really need to be brought up, but the power of toast. And I knew my <laughs> sister-in-law must have been making a big breakfast because it smelled so good. You know, you smell like, you know, all the breakfast items. And then when I went into the kitchen, I asked my brother, I go, did, oh, did Merle make breakfast or something? I said, He goes, I made toast. I'm like, wow. That means there's never anyone at my house making toast yeah. without me knowing it. Oh, the,
1: the the seven to eight aromas that come with making toast.
0: Yeah. If you have
2: people over your house, you know what? Even if you don't make them breakfast, put a piece of toast in the toaster. Just yeah. to
0: be polite. Please.
2: Just to be Just, oh, you... what type of dog is that?
0: This is my mutt dog, Blossom. Uh, Can you look over there? Don't over there. squeeze
2: it, Todd. Don't <laughs> suck its face. Yeah, right. <laughs> he comes right over. He knows exactly what he wants. <laughs>
0: yeah, she's basically saying, "I'm like, you've been sitting here yeah. doing Zoom calls for all day, and it's bugging me. So I'm, you need to be done with this now." And the oh, answer is no. We have to wait a little while longer. Right? Some Sorry.
2: of the TikTok dog videos and cat videos. <laughs> I love it. If you don't include that yeah. in giving TikTok credit, yeah. for whether it's good or bad, every medium has bad stuff. Sure. But I, on that alone, <laughs> and I see creative things I fucking am jealous of that I want. Yeah. And then I see just heartwarming things. But oh, the yeah. animal videos alone. <laughs> Sometimes it makes my day. Yeah. Yes. Like getting up in the morning, I get like, I don't have depression, but I can be in a funk and one video will come on. And I know what I do. I stop right there. I go, Todd, that gave you perspective. Turn (laughs) the phone off and use it to get up. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: That's great. I love TikTok. I love TikTok. I'm a huge, I'm a huge purveyor.
1: There was a, a, a brief period like a year ago where I thought it was just lip syncing and dancing and, and I was wrong and, and now I like lip syncing and dancing also.
0: <laughs> I know. It's all good. Well, you know good. what? I used to
2: say in my act, I go tell what I, uh, it's heartwarming. Like what I just said to you, I would say to the crowd, I go, and you know what? Okay. So maybe I don't watch it for the lip syncing, and the dancing, but you know what? I watch it for that too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly- I go full circle <laughs> because it's true. After a while, you're like, even some of that, like some stupid dance that two kids are doing yeah. on some steps to a song I like. It's the best. And then, like, how did they make up that dance? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. you know... If, well, and you know. also,
0: that one where there's, a, there's a, a dance to, I think it's a Beyonce song, and it's the one that's the shoulders... Da-da-da-da. da da Like this. Now it's this thing and I keep getting... It's, like, big old <laughs> construction workers and there's eight of them yeah. and they all start doing the dance yeah. together and they're really good at it. Yeah. It's
2: great, right? It's
0: the best. Ba- it's humanity. It's, it's the beauty of humanity. It
2: is. And you know what? I get some of my opinions from there. There's some young people that speak very brilliantly. Like, I'm like, yes. oh, this, he might be 21 and he's 20. And you're like, I don't know why, but I trust him. And someone go, you get your news from a 19-year-old kid on TikTok? Yes. Well, I, I think I know what brilliance is. I think I know what clarity sounds like. So the answer is, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I pull from there, too, what their opinion is.
0: Uh, entirely. You know? And they're informed, like, I think about, especially this last, you know, the midterms just happened. There was a huge Gen Z wave that no one saw coming where they showed up and they're like, how dare you take our abortion rights away? Fuck you. We're voting for this, whatever. It's so cool. And then I think of like, when I was 18 years old, voting, no one gave a single shit about voting in the like late 80s, 90s. Like, it was uncool to know anything about politics. And these days, that's why I like TikTok is the kids these days know and care a hundred times more than I ever did. Yeah. Like, and they have to, because
2: you, you, know. you know what? I have to quote Dr. Phil because once in a while, intelligent things <laughs> inevitable. He's he, he said something <laughs> sort of goes to, I really appreciate hearing what you're saying because you know it's not the norm, and I talk about it all the time. I, I get it, I get it. But he said, if you look at like kids today as one kid, he goes, you know, when you it takes a lot of their, there you know, a that a boy, you know, to erase you moron. Mm. Mm. He goes, you, you say you're moron. It takes it doesn't take you just, you know, hey, there you go. It takes it takes thousands and thousands of good job. I'm proud of you. So if we look at kids today like that, you know how many that boys they need and all they do is get shit on. And I'm as factually as I know, as an older person, they're, they're right. They the, the statistics show they're always end up being right. And then I got to watch just old people shit on them <laughs> all the time. So when people ask me why I repeat it and why I'm he- glad to hear you say it, I go, because they need that a boy. They need it, yeah. if- to hear one person that's older than them go, no, we get it. We get
0: it. Yeah. Yes.
1: When I was that age, everyone... My current age now was like, oh, your young kids don't know anything or they're a burden on society. And now I'm like, no, <laughs> actually, quite the opposite. These days, as I get older, I feel like I don't want to hear the opinions of anyone over 30. Right. <laughs> Most of <laughs> the time. Yeah. Little Greta <laughs> Thunbergs, just listen you to know, them.
2: <laughs> I won't go on automatic pile, but, but I think this one thing, I've said it before, but I think it clears it up. To decide whether they're right, there are some stats, you could call them two opinions. So we could discuss everything that's on the table today, and the kids could give their side, and we could give our side, and we could, okay, but if we're in a hurry, and we look at the trajectory of the last 50, 60 years, on all major issues, everything, they're right. If If they're ever wrong, they're right in the cause, but maybe they go about it wrong. But they almost have an amazing track record. So when I hear what they're saying today, even if I don't have time to listen, I go, the odds that they're right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, if this isn't an opportunity as an old person to prove you can get out of your own way, yeah. it's this defining moment as I'm saying this into your ear. You can't just gloss over it when you hear me say it. you got to go. You got to go back and go, is fucking Todd right? Do they have an amazing <laughs> track record? And if you go and find out they do and you don't change the way you think, yeah. then you don't ever say you can't get out of your own way because that is a fucking fact. It's not an opinion. Yeah, and we they and 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 how tired they must be of being shit on. How about don't even give me credit. How about a treat to them would be. How about just don't compliment us. Just <laughs> say nothing. But no <laughs> people all the time. Oh, there's more. They don't know what they're doing. Oh, I got to hear Bill Maher say that one more time today. <laughs> no, yeah, they're having a ball. I got news for you. You're the one dying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason your skin is gray and you look like a miserable shit. But also, (laughs) can I just say, there's a lady on TikTok and her whole account is celebrating how powerful Gen Z is. And she basically points out all the activism that they do that actually does something. And the way I found out about her was, remember when Trump tried to do that super uh, rally and basically what the Gen Z kids, and it wasn't just kids. There was just a bunch of TikTok people that did it they basically went and reserved tickets for this rally. So the people who organized it thought there was going to be 500,000 people at it. And literally like 4,000 people showed up because these kids went and just reserved as many tickets as they could because they realized they could. So they just pranked the entire Republican party. And they don't even understand how much they don't know that these kids know. Like these kids (laughs) went onto their website and went, oh, you can get more than... Four tickets a person. Well, I guess I'll just keep coming on here and keep getting sets of four, eight, ten tickets, and we'll make you think that this is a successful rally. And then that it was that pathetic thing where, like, truly, it was just it looked like a a poorly attended like county fair, yeah. right, right, like a cover <laughs> band playing, and it was Trump and all the all the people. They thought it was this like "Hooray for America" rally. I remember they, that. It was the best. It, it was. Best. It was
2: brilliant. Thanks for letting me uh, yell for. I love seconds. what you just yelled.
1: <laughs> yeah, my dad. That's why I love my dad. He's seventy-eight. I maybe seventy-nine now. I should call him anyway. He's always <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, things really probably won't get better until guys like me are all dead. Like,
0: <laughs> just, <laughs>
1: he's and it makes me sad when he says that. But I know why he's saying it. He's he's a uh, you know. It's one of these liberal older guys.
0: It's just the evolution that we are now seeing because everything is on social media and everything is seen. We're all we're all filming ourselves and each other all the time, so it's much easier to clock. Right when people are doing cool things, like the the cycle, like sorry to talk about the nineties forever, but back then, like pre internet, talking about people getting a specific kind of comedy audience there pre-internet, it was just, you got whoever got tickets that night. You got whoever was just using that night, that club as a fun plan to go drink and what? who cares about comedy. And now because of the digital age that, you know, comedy nerds and people are like, I this is my passion and I will follow you from town to town and all that stuff that has made comedy, especially, you know, for the little road comedy I've experienced, it's like the it's such a different game now because people who really like comedy are the ones that are sitting there. It's a world of difference between how it used to be. And it's like all everything is just getting better in in a lot of ways.
2: I, I love that you're saying this. It really is, it's like I have to use the cliche, it's music to my ears, because I'm at the point where. What I just said about the history of kids being on the right side in comedy gets better and better. Arts get better and better. It's not a bad thing. We could may pretend that's an opinion, but it's not. No. The, the, you, you don't, there's a history, there's a trajectory. I don't, that's not me making it up. And when you ignore all that, it's just like, I, I don't know, it, you can't be a good comic when you're delusional, when you can't put a litmus test on yourself. And sometimes I have these clear moments where I almost have empathy for the other side. I heard someone go, colleges used to be a place where you could be a free thinker. And I went, now, besides life experience, yeah. that's different. They haven't been dating. That's not their fault. But she, they go, comedy used to be a place where you could go be a free thinker. And I all sarcastically wanted to say, because I saw it on, on, on TV, go, let me ask you a question. By any chance, did it come become a place when you couldn't be a free thinker, when they had a problem with something you were saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it still is a place to be a free thinker. Yeah. They're right, and you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're here. you're they're right. They're right. Yeah. You just said it. You just said it. That it, it used to be. Now, do you think that changed? Yeah. Well, if you really were thinking this through, you'd at least explain that. That's the thing. If they if they were right, let's say societal these trajectories that have been going this way completely changed in the year 2022. You at least have to be aware of that and start a sentence with "Listen, I know I will not be the first person to say kids today." I'm well aware of that. All right. You got my fucking ear, but they don't. They just go right into it. They just go oh, The kids today. You say that with no shame. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to speak. Yeah. You get to have that opinion that has zero history of right. It's been written wrong over and over and over again. And you have a platform that yeah. large to be
0: that wrong. Well, it literally is the definition of an old guy, like that, and or woman, like that's what that is. Is what are they doing with their hair? And the boys look like girls. Like (laughs) it's (laughs) we've seen it in movies our entire lives. It's the old angry next door neighbor who is alone in his house, and that is part of it. Also, what you were saying about like the you know college, it used to be able to be a free thinker. The truth of that is. What they're saying is, I used to be able to say whatever the fuck I want, and I didn't have to hear from the people I was talking about because they didn't have a voice. And now they have a voice because of social media and all this stuff. People get to talk back. And so before, I've been a, a... Female comic, since I was 20 years old, I've stood in rooms and watched these fucking pigs stand on stage (laughs) and talk about women this and women fucking that. And I couldn't say a word. I couldn't be rude to that guy. He was the headliner or he was the whoever. And I was surrounded by men. What was I going to do? But now there's tons more women in comedy. There's people on social media to go, hey, fuck you, pal. And like, and that's what they're mad about is it used to be this, one-way street that they took full right. fucking advantage of and were like, yeah, it's me and it, whatever, where it's like, you're just playing power dynamics in a room and telling yourself that means you're funny. I've stood next to you at a bar, sir. <laughs> you're not fucking funny. Yeah. You're not interesting yeah. to talk to. You're not fun at fucking all you are just a dude saying a thing and shitting on everybody who can't talk back to you. It's weird those guys never fucking talk about big, strong uh, construction workers. They (laughs) never have, they never have chunks about how lame construction workers are or any dude that would kick their ass. It's always women. (laughs) It's always whatever is convenient to them. That is the punch down that, in the eighties, seventies, maybe nineties, when they were doing comedy, it was they thought everyone fucking loved it, and they never heard different.
2: No, and, and now and they, you know. Do. It. I'm with you. I love it. I love to hear it. It's and it feels so nice to hear. You know, because uh, if, if you think about it, look, I don't always agree with the outcry, and neither do you. But I'll tell you what i agree with it most of the time (laughs) i agree with it most of the time when i get down to the nitty gritty of it i you know so so um you know i'm okay to give it a listen and when it's wrong it doesn't shit on the whole thing sometimes they're wrong and when they're wrong we all get it takes a good comedian to ignore the pulse of the audience certain nights we're comics we get it but it doesn't make a good comedian to never listen to anything you know Yeah. yeah and 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 um the, oh, Shem, I shouldn't have smoked because this is a great conversation. And I don't want to... <laughs> oh, but if you think about it, the biggest cancelers, you know, like, again, I, I, I don't mean to overuse this phrase, but I see this in some just factual way that the biggest cancelers that want to shut everybody up are comedians. Yeah. Right. Like, wait a second. Someone has to, to, you you know, Ricky Gervais, I can't take this. I can scientifically break down something he says about that's like seeing a sign on the side of the road that says guitar lessons. (laughs) And then you go and you go, hey, I don't want any fucking guitar lessons. No, it's not like that at all. (laughs) No, it it isn't.
0: isn't.
1: That's a bad example that they both used.
2: And you know what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to break down the analogy because if someone's listening to this and they disagree with me, you can do it on your own. You can figure out, even if you think life sucks today, you can go, no, that's not a clear example. You know, he talks about, he goes, oh, they don't want you to say it. First of all, he says it's jokes and it's not. It's social opinions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come on, be honest. No one ever complained about your joke about shampoo or trash or (laughs) dogs. Come on, You, you can't, you can't go hide your social opinions. So you talk about not believing in God. That doesn't mean you don't think other people shouldn't be able to believe in God. Right. Well, what makes you think that the average person that complains about you, they don't want your job taken away. And because of a small slice might, let's not indulge into that very, very small slice. The majority go want you to keep doing what you're doing. And they're just fucking doing their co- commentary on it. Right. Yep. So people have a right to react to what you do. Right. Like, That's how do actual you not think free speech.
0: That? That's literal yeah, you free know, speech.
2: Yeah. He goes, I don't know who these people are following me on Twitter. Yeah. So what, you want them to see it. Why don't you just write it down and put it in a box
0: then? Yeah.
2: <laughs> like they're reacting, and even if they're wrong. Even if they're wrong, like people are reacting. More people have a voice now than they ever did. And yeah, for, for someone that doesn't want to grow, that fucking blows.
1: Yeah. Yes. And the funny thing is the only the on, that story is only bouncing around among comedians. The oh, James Corden did his joke. Or, that's just among comedians. No one outside of comedy cared about that. news. Well,
2: I even forgot that then James Corden right. did it, but it's, you know. <laughs> well, now you but, did but, it.
1: You just did the bit.
2: Well, no. Now you're <laughs> a guess guest who's stolen. next, buddy. Triple stolen Verbatim.
1: He, he mentioned the sign and the guitar lessons. Todd Glass.
2: <laughs> I fantasize, but it's never going to happen. Literally, finally, one day getting to ask somebody some of these questions. Like, yeah. even Ricky Gervais, to go, sit down with me. It, because it, to me, it's a clean analogy. Like you walk all the, you know, you talk about not believing in God. I'm sure if someone else wants to, you're not saying they shouldn't be able to. You almost could trick people in. That's why you need to be a good lawyer to fool people. You have to say, Ricky, how come you, <laughs> you don't think people should have the right to believe in God? What if somebody wants to believe in it? They'll go, oh, they can. I'm just giving my opinion. I go, well, what makes you think people that complain about you don't feel the same way? Right. You know, people, yeah. I don't get how they would defend that other people should just not be able to respond respond to things that they say. Like, I don't get that. I really don't get it. Not even sarcastically. I don't get how they're not embarrassed to say that.
0: Well, I think because they identify with the rest of the people who are saying it, and it's become a kind of, you know, this is the group that I belong in. To me, I think about, like, I think about when I finally was able to have an hour, which You know, I think I had an hour for like the spring of 1998 is I had an hour and that that was the most, and it's really fucking hard. I had to work really hard to do it. And it was a lot. And to make anybody want to listen to you for that long is difficult. You have to be original. You have to be telling them things that they relate to, but they've never heard before. Like you're threading a needle as comics. and you guys know this, but it's a hard thing to do. And so it makes sense to me watching some of these people um, who go to these places that you, it is, it's, it's just, easy and it's it's like easy clap trappy getting the audience to yeah i'm so enraged you know what i mean and it's like now you've killed 7 minutes you're good you're almost home like it's that kind of thing where <laughs> just you do enough of those things in your act and it's the easiest thing in the world and you have a following that believes everything you you know that's gonna clap for those things and you don't have to fucking make a, a wry observation about dish soap or whatever because that's harder work. It's harder writing and it's more creative or like honestly Todd, I've watched you do comedy fucking a million times. Yeah. I've never seen you do the same thing twice. I've never seen you not kill. I have never seen you not make an audience adore you. You are a brilliant fucking comedian. And I think all these things are because when you're on—you do it while you're on stage. You do it in the middle of your act, where you're just like—you're questioning what you're saying. You're questioning what how people are responding. You're adjusting as you go. It's a thing very, very few people can do, and a lot of other people want to do it, and they just get as—they just approximate. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like—same it, with you, Chris. Like, you guys write material other people could never dream of writing. And it's natural for you. And so getting up on stage and doing an hour of like your own super original comedy material, it to you guys, it's not special anymore because you've been slugging out for, you know, for your whole careers. But there's some people who have never, they've never gotten on stage and said a really true thing or a really good original thing. Cause they've never tried to. That's never been their goal. They're just like, yeah, I just want to be up here and I want to get the applause. And however I get that.
2: Right. And then you get. Really good at that, and then it changes. Now, wait, now I'm good at it. Now I have to, yeah. Yes. Listen, I know what it's like, and I have also empathy. But I'm allowed to make fun of comedians. You know, that's what they're begging that we should all be able to do is be honest. So when I make fun of it, yes. you know, it's funny when you make fun of people. I notice sometimes if somebody comes on to a comment, like let's say that doesn't agree with me what what I'm saying, and then I'm yelling. I get it. Like, <laughs> but they'll always say that, like, they'll use a word that is like, well, all right, well, that's who's mad at me, you know, like a, a word that I don't like, you know, a few amongst five or six or seven of them, you know, I'm like, all right, well, who would have thought you'd be bad at communicating? You don't want to <laughs> yeah. grow. And, you know, and of course you want to, you know, but, um, but hey, you know what? I said to someone a few weeks ago that it's a lot more fun to grow willingly than not grow angrily. And then I almost answer the question of like, well, wait, why can't you not grow happily? Because <laughs> you right. don't. You get angry. Yeah. So you either grow willingly, which <laughs> is to me fun. And sometimes it's hard. And I learning new ways to address people. I get caught up on it, but I give a shit. So I'll eventually learn. Yep. I'll eventually learn because I give a shit. That's all you have to do is give a shit and you'll eventually learn. That's all it takes. So someone goes, I do want to learn. Oh, if you give a shit about it and you believe in it, you'll learn. It'll, come. Yep. It'll yeah. take a while. You'll fuck up. No no big deal. Yeah, uh, But growing willingly yeah, when you is 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 fun and and uh, I don't and I see what people look like that don't grow angrily and it starts their skin starts taking a toll. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's,
0: if that's shows all it's that first I, yep. yeah
2: just this you know angry well there's you know what that's probably not true. There's there's probably some good looking people that I just have with great skin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's all filler and Botox though. It's all fake.
2: Yeah. You're <laughs> oh, right, man. Karen, when you
0: said that
1: with Todd, I've been trying to think about there are Bits that I've seen you do once, and I wanted to see you do it again. And I, one time I asked you to do that, uh, does my breath smell like tacos bit?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Cause the, the, the other time you did it, I laughed so hard. And then you did it at the show we were at the Virgil, and it got, yeah. it just didn't get what it got the first time. I and mean, you'd looked right at me. Oh, thanks a lot, Chris. <laughs>
2: yeah, thanks a lot. But, no, sometimes I used to like to go long with it, like, no, uh, does my, by the way, Sarah Silverman gave me that joke. What's funny is she goes, oh, you do that? I go, oh, I close with it. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to go, do the taco bit. Do the taco Oh, bit. I commit. I commit. One time I called Gary Goldman and I had friends over the house. He did an entire seven minute bit for me and my friends, And we loved him for it. And I'll do the same. I will commit. Here okay. we go. Okay. Yes. Um, so I was on an airplane and the woman next to me, uh, she turned to me. And she goes, can I ask you a question? Does my breath smell like tacos? I was like, I don't know. Do you, do you put cat shit in your tacos? She goes, <laughs> she goes, no, I don't put cat shit in my tacos. I go, then no. But if you do, then yeah. She goes, well, I don't. I said, then no. I just said, if you do put cat shit in your tacos, then yes. Yeah. She goes, yeah, but I keep saying, I, I'm, look, I, I'm just trying to tell you. And anyway, I would just do it and yeah, do it and I do it. Love it. There. And <laughs> I, lo- I love it. it. I'm just saying, yes, the first time I heard it, I requested you do it
1: again. And that crowd was somehow triggered by it because they make cat shit tacos at the first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they took it personally.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh my God.
0: What else is going on, Todd? What's new for your holiday season? You know, we're about (laughs) to enter the holiday season.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love the holiday season. I get Christmas. The day after Christmas, I could lose wind of the excitement of the you know, I feel like oh, it's over. Yeah. So I start like very early, uh, like putting the tree up. So I'm starting to think about. I like that to be up the day before Thanksgiving. Believe mm-hmm. it or not. Oh,
0: nice. <laughs> that way,
2: the day after, it's just there. I don't decorate it. I just get it up. You know. But um, what's I'll give a quick shameless plug if it's all right. Oh, please. Yeah. So, Ten Year Old Tom is a show I'm doing on HBO Max. It's uh called Ten Year Old Tom. I do the I voice the principal. It's an animated show, mm-hmm. and um. It's a stupid amount of fun. I did it during the pandemic. Um, I was I don't like auditions. I get very nervous. I don't, I don't do well. I don't do well. And uh <laughs> and I feel bad for people when I don't do well because most of the time they were really nice. Like, yeah. most people were nice. <laughs> yeah. And I'm doing horrible, you know. They yeah. would say, Do you want to do it again? I go, please, no, please. <laughs> um, don't be so nice. And um, so anyway, it was over the phone and you know, I never did this before, but I smoked pot. I never went on an audition high ever smoked a little. It relaxed me. And I and uh, it was fun. Like I knew on the phone it was fun. And we did season one and we're doing season two right now. And it's uh, so, like Jennifer Coolidge does some stuff in it. Perfect. Uh, David DeCuffney, John Malkovich wow. plays the oh music my... director. And you yes. were high and, the whole uh, time. <laughs> not well, you know what? When I first started to go. Um, I went to the studio early, and I'd park my car like an hour before, and I'd smoke a little and have a cup of coffee, get into a great headspace, and nah, then about half the time I don't do that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I lo- I love it when you get high because then you come in the come in the room and tell everyone i I I got high I'm high. you, I know, you I know. always <laughs> announce it. It's important to let everyone know if, if it's in your head.
2: You yeah. should just tell everyone. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be I, paranoid. <laughs> I feel like I have to tell people. I maybe don't do that as much anymore, but I still. Uh, <laughs> I, it's so funny that you remember that detail.
1: I do. I do it as well. It's because when you did it, I'm like, oh man, I announce that I'm
2: high when I'm high as well. I feel it gives me. I don't I mean I. I don't want to overuse it, but if you understand where I'm at, like sometimes if you tell people they're high, they're glad. They'll be like, oh, oh cool. Now they know. Yeah, I understand you better. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Maybe we're telling people. Maybe we're right. Maybe it's this way we're being received, which is not very. Yeah. I,
1: I tell people I'm high just so after that I can say whatever I, I want, and then they can't get <laughs> right. mad at me. And they're just like, "Oh, he's high." Remember when he was he's high? He's, it's he's high. He always he's says weird things. <laughs> Are you right now in is your media podcast area where you used behind your house where you used to have dinner parties?
2: Yes, I took that room. Oh my god, and and changed it into a studio. Does it have dirt floors?
1: It seemed like it no. was like a bar. Okay. No, and I'm not, no offense. Play, take no offense. No, that's okay. Did your podcast studio have a dirt floor, Todd? Oh, <laughs> you no, hillbilly. No. Is that you know it's that room with all the spiders <laughs> and the dirt. But you had all those dinner jackets by the door. I did it's such good memory. A sweet entertainment
2: prank. <laughs> so we had a party one night. We told people like years ago, hey, wear a blue blazer if you want us a joke, you know? And everybody left them. And then we started knowing, like, we would have like so many, like forty blue they blazers. A lot. Yeah. So I just hung them all over the garage. You know, the they're like sliding old wooden doors. And when people would come over, um, sometimes they would put them on. It's weird. You could be wearing whatever you want, but if there's a table of blue blazers and you take a picture, it looks like, whoa, oh, oh, what was that?
1: A cult meeting? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we have matching shoes on too, and then we all slept in the bunk beds and waited. <laughs> they're coming at midnight. Put on your blazer. (laughs) Oh,
0: It's blazer time. Yeah,
1: that's, yeah, that's so that you've really changed the place.
2: Hey, you know what? Looks cool. If I could be so presumptuous. Sure. uh, Part of me says don't do this, but I feel we had such a great conversation about growth and that I want to try to put one more. I have this other thing that I think is like sort of using stats to make an opinion, you know? Okay. And, it's almost like I want to trick people in this too, but I won't. It's probably not a good communication tool. But to any of those people, if you went, you know, this whole thing with, you know, the, how people are identifying, you know, like, like, you know, you just say, you go, you know, um, everybody agrees that, you know, people, the whole world's sick of this shit. And they're going to go, yeah, I know. Oh yeah, everyone, everyone doesn't want to be. And then you go, well, guess what? The, the whole world has a horrible r- history of being on the right side of history. Usually the good sign is if most people are against it, it's the right thing to do. Right I mean, we have a history of the majority of people being wrong. So if your opinions, when you do stand up, you feel like, there's a lot of people out there that agree with me. You feel it. You can't just switch what I'm saying and try to work this for you now. Come (laughs) on. You know it. You feel it. Well, that should be the first sign of, wow, that means there's a high probability that I could be wrong. If you can't at least say that, then you have no interest in growth because you should at least go masses agree with me there's a high probability that i'm wrong so i'm gonna put a lot of thought into this before i leave carnage behind with the words that come out of my mouth right. yes
1: that's yes. why it's called being progressive and not the opposite which is stagnant and conservative <laughs> right.
0: and fear-based right. fear. yeah which is really honestly in my opinion what it's all about which we all have fear and we all are in a death grip battle with our fears and the things, our demons and the things that we deal with and whatever, our pasts and our whatever all the time. But the idea you can't, that's your thing. You can't let your thing turn into them, 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 because you're correct. You're wrong if you're doing that. It's like all the, I think all the comics that I love and love to watch and relate to when they're talking about shit they're talking about themselves it's based in here's what i do here's here's how i'm dumb here's how i'm weird here's how i'm whatever it's not always like these fucking guys yeah. over there that's like everybody everybody that is, does comedy knows that's the weak yeah way to oh do that's
1: it. Fu- i'm glad you said that because i was i realized when i was trying to think of jokes to do the other night cuz i hadn't done stand up for a few weeks and i'm like why are all of my jokes about the other day I did that, or I, should I be including the world more? Why, I'm just talking about myself. And I, I felt confronted by that, actually.
0: Well, I think it's good. It's self-analysis. It's And it's also saying, here's what I do. I know it's weird. Or does anybody relate to this yeah. right. with me or yeah. whatever? And it's kind of like you have to personalize it. And then it's on you, like whatever the thing you're, if you're calling something out. Right.
2: And, yes. and it's not that because someone once said if your comedy bothers people maybe is you know hurts people you shouldn't do it and i try to not be you have to really be careful you don't say something that could work against you cuz that's really not true like in comedy uh, sometimes when people say brilliant things that uh, they annoy people, I'm sure you know George Carlin had a lot of jokes that annoyed people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The question is, so, so I get it. You know, good comedy can sometimes bother people, but you just want to make sure your opinions have a track record with, as we could say, bothered the right people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a good. You know, one. who are you? Who are you? Who are you? You know, like they say, you know, make fun. I think I, I hear these things as my career went on, and I always. I wish I remembered who said it, but you don't. But at least you... These little nuggets of brilliance. And I think it was something like don't make fun of people for who they are. Make fun of... You can make fun of them for the choices they make. Yeah. You know, And but don't make fun of them for, like, you know, their being who they are. Yeah. Right. So, well, I
1: think you we'll, said f- that. Let's just make
2: it you. You were doing that. That's a
0: classic Todd Glass Yeah, club. that was
2: one of your... Oh my own, god, is it? Yeah, it's yeah, all you, baby. Posts. You know, Karen, you said something before that, like, made me think, would that be a funny name for my special? Because I never... You know, if I do another one, you said uh, you you uh, adjust it as I. What did you say? You adjust it as I go on, or you 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 adjust as you go yeah. on, or something. Yes,
1: adjusting as I go on. Yeah, we'll adjusting as I go on. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Ooh, yeah, about that.
0: you could do adjusting as I go <laughs> <on>. <laughs>
1: take it. Karen will give it to you. Absolutely I gave her permission to give you that. <laughs>
0: <Take> per- <it. laughs> Here's the poor man's copyright. You now own that, Todd Glass. I legally give it to you. And
1: this is recorded, which makes it binding. Oh, no. and <laughs> Although I want to counter
0: my own idea with a second idea, which is I think you could also name your special The Power of Toast because you said that, and that was. I wrote it down because it made me laugh.
1: Take it, take it or leave it. <laughs> <Talk>. <laughs> take it. You now
0: have two options because you did our podcast. Adjusting
1: That's... as you go on. Call I love the power it. Power of I toast.
0: Take love... got... <laughs> it. It's
1: yours.
2: <laughs> Everything together. Karen, I'll give it to you. It'd be funny if that was like an idea for a brilliant movie she comes out with, and you go, "Take it, Karen." Karen, Karen is a giver. Yeah, you yes, heard it. Her.
0: Take it.
1: <laughs> Wait, I she's got a it. She's, of them. she's talking in her sleep right now. We shouldn't even <laughs> be here. Take <laughs> it.
0: She said it. You can have it. I'm on Ambien. Do you see how when the sun goes down, this room goes dark, and yeah. then my face and is lit up? And it into looks a like scary a scary ghost, a horror movie.
1: Yeah, you know what? It looks cool. Yeah,
0: thanks, Todd. Yeah,
1: it looks cool. It looks hazy. Todd, are you the first time I saw you do this was when we all uh, did that uh, podcast thing here in town, downtown? But performing with a the band, are you regularly doing that? Do you travel with those those guys?
2: That's a good question. Um, yeah, I know. About a a well, when I, mean, I say that, it's something I like talking about. Yeah, um, a, I I was going into different cities, and it sort of evolved over you know a three I or four year it. period where I would go in a night early and get a piano player and a drummer, and and uh, and they would learn a lot. You know, it's surprising how you much you can learn the day before, relaxed. You know, and and then I started realizing when I brought one guy to three show to uh, to three weeks with me, uh-huh. what the show was. It was. And I'm long story as short as I can make it. I go, I either got to bring one guy on the road, right. with Keyboard. And, and he's also more of his comedic ability is what he, he happened to play the keyboard, but it, his, it was the comedy. I can always, you train a drummer and a trumpet right. player and put in a, put in a comedian or two with bongos. You know, I can fill yeah, it up. Yeah. <laughs> they all were, you know, I make it look. And, um, but I had to bring that guy. So that's what I started okay. doing. So what I do is every single place I pick from two people and I bring one person with me. That's great, and then then they know they have the keyboard, the iPad. They know me, the bits. The band will follow, and then I'll go in. I hire a drummer, maybe a, you know a trumpet player, and um, I love it. And it, I it I is, can
1: take
0: that. It's the best.
1: I'm just kidding. Yeah, you can take that. Take <laughs> you know what? It's all you.
2: I was thinking
1: of you, Todd, when I did the show because there was a jazz band uh, accompaniment at this outdoor show mid-quarantine in San Diego, mm-hmm. and I I have this. Reggae bit where I jokingly am a uh, uh, whatever. It's just a white guy doing reggae. Uh, and I'm ashamed of it, but I keep doing it. And then it's sounds <laughs> But this band came in with, re- they were so good that we actually did like 15 minutes of m- making up I re reggae songs. And then they did a, it's a lot sc- of fun. I had so much fun that I couldn't sleep all night. I was like, well, now I have to steal Todd Glass's idea and travel with this band. It's a stupid <laughs> amount of fun. Yeah. Um,
2: you know, like it sounds big. We have tracks they play along with, but to come out to the music and also to take a place that's already pretty cool. because I at the Vermont Comedy Club. That place is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And then they let me do my own little thing like we Black Tablecloth did. And yes. then the band was playing one of the keyboard guys set up a second keyboard. So when they came into the lobby he was playing, you know, upbeat jazz. <laughs> yeah, and it makes the night start from the bar, and mm-hmm. then in the showroom, and then they bring me on, and it's it's larger than life. You know, you hear drums and trumpet. Yeah, and um, it's it. fun <laughs> to walk out to, and it makes the whole night. Yep. I have them play as they're leaving. Are you going to do? I have them play as they're leaving.
1: A show on New Year's? You should do. I am. Yeah.
2: Are you I doing am. it with a band? I'm going to do it with the band in Austin. That's what
1: I. That was my idea. I was going to tell you to do that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. In it, Austin. At the Creek in the Cave. I'm going to do it in Austin Thursday, Friday, Saturday.
1: I'm I'm at Cap City in Austin on New Year's Eve.
2: (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) You know, she said, I mentioned it to her, and I like that this stuck with her. I said, you should hire a a saxophone player for a special event to play in the street, because that's what I've done at a few places. Oh, wow. Before they get there, from a block away, let the night start. So she's doing that. So every night there'll be a guy out on the street with sax, Playing just as they're walking in the building.
1: Oh, that's so great! Yeah, that'll be a great show.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I'm looking when, forward to it. The la- I think that's one of the last times I saw you perform. It was Podfest LA downtown at that big, fancy, beautiful hotel. Yeah, and yeah. we were in that. We were in a ballroom, so you mm-hmm. were on this stage, and it looked like it. It had a, almost like a borderline, like The Shining vibe to yeah. it, where it was like <laughs> there was a ba- like an old, you know, a band. A full band. I mean, I think you had like five, six guys up there. With yeah, you, and they least. were funny. They, they had hilarious. timing. Yeah,
2: they know the bits. Yeah. They, that's the thing. They know the bits. But the good news is if I have the one guy with me, and let's say there's two that have never done it, they're just mimicking what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but they they are a well, they, believe me, it is an absurd toy to have for the comedic bits, I you love know? It. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of fun. I'm trying to do a run in this October like an off Broadway where I really beef it up and like just do everything and have it run for like two weeks in an off broadway thing we're working on it right now yeah, to get that that's to great
1: nice so yeah that's yeah it takes it to that that level yeah i I always thought yeah. like stand up just because i it's just really, when you look at it, it's a person talking. So I never think, well, why is that in Vegas or in Broadway or what? I, that's my own insecurities about yeah. stand-up and what I do for a living. But if you have music and all these layers to
2: it. It's basically stand-up. And sometimes if I'm paranoid that, like, maybe I'm band-heavy bit in the beginning of the show before I've done, like, a, I try to do 20 minutes of stand-up right up front. Yeah, yeah. Band let them heavy. Yeah, like band bits with the band. Yeah. So... I use sometimes I'll turn to the crowd and go, "Hey folks, it's basically stand up. Get off my yeah. back." <laughs> well,
1: that's what I like about it. You're you're sort of holding up a mirror to that classic Vegas uh lounge yeah. act and almost making fun of it, but it's amazing. It, it yeah. It, at the same time it's entertaining in the same way.
2: It's fun. I love it's it. It's fun.
0: And musicians also Want to be comedians, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Comics want to be musicians. So, there is that thing where, like, when you were just saying you could hire people in the city you were in and they would be able to like do it along with you right away. It's like that's that is what I love about musicians and that type of person is they know their shit. Like, when I play the guitar, it's like I really have to think about it and make sure I do <laughs> it right or whatever. When they're doing it, they're just like, like they know their pros. Yeah. And yeah. so, stuff like that is fun because they're already really good at playing they want to play they want to improvise the music but then also like play with the whole form like to me that would be like a musician's dream
2: and once they get laughs they sometimes they don't understand right away they're always nice I tell the vibes the most important thing they're always nice a lot of times they're familiar with my stand-up at least I like that because I feel comfortable with them right away but um they get when they get a laugh like sometimes they might not understand why I'm making them do something but when it gets a big laugh and it does I yeah, you know yeah. I know I smell when a band bit's going to get a laugh you know I'll go so I'm going to say this and then whatever I say go ha, ha, ha. and I go you guys aren't even fucking listening to me they go yeah and then they'll do that but for like enough time where eventually it gets big laughs and then they're in they trust my judgment you yeah. know yeah. I know I didn't sell that bit. No, that, I saw, I
1: know what you're Smart talking control. about, though. I've seen yeah, them it's... all nervously laugh and keep doing it. Yeah. I just, I can imagine like hiring while you're in Austin, like a saxophone player and he gets a big laugh and then starts crying. He's like, they're laughing at my saxophone <laughs> again. Just like in fifth
0: grade. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Takes it all personally. No, it's a comedy. It's me. I'm the comic. They're laughing. At um,
0: That was the fastest hour. I think this is the fastest. Episode we've ever for me emotionally time wise that yeah, we've ever done because I, I literally I thought it was fifteen minutes and we're literally at an hour right now. That's yeah, good crazy. one,
1: Todd. You said important things, and yeah. well, you know
2: what? You guys were seriously. It was a really. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. It was a. It was a. What do I say? How come I can't think of anything it's to the say? Weed, it
1: was, you got high. That's what the you're weed trying mess. to say. <laughs> no, it isn't. Um, no, kidding. it isn't. It was isn't. A really.
2: It was. It was a very enjoyable talk. It was like a, just yeah. a. You know, hearing some things that were like just so refreshing and you don't hear all the time. And then it, that helps you sort of, uh, sometimes you steal other people's verbiage when you're trying to make a point. They say something you agree with, and then you can quote them the next day because you say, oh, I can say that. That's a cleaner way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> so I always enjoy, and then just being silly and, and giggling all mixed in, intertwined in between was uh, very enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Five stars.
0: Yeah. Would you give this a five star review?
2: Oh, yeah. As an experience? I feel my whole head right now is very happy. Yeah, me too. <laughs>
1: me too. Oh, that's great. I yeah, I miss seeing I miss hanging out with you in green rooms and acting things out and laughing and uh it's just good to see you know you, know,
2: you know what I'll do and I am podcast shy. I don't know if you guys are, but like you know now that we're sort of you know uh you know we're we're talking I'll reach out and then maybe, because I think you would get a kick out of the studio and the band thing is here. Yes. So we'll, we'll see if we can find a time to have you guys on here. That would be yes.
1: wonderful. Cool.
0: Love you, Todd. You're the Go best. Go Trump.
1: Yeah. Love you, bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D-Y-N-A-R! A-R! This has been an Exactly Right production.
0: Produced by Annalise Nelson. Mixed by Edson Choi. Our talent booker is Patrick Kotner. Theme song by Karen Kilgariff. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dynar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast.
1: For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome.